she does in her work life as well. Bit of everything, I think. Yes, yeah. Um, Tess is an actor or actress. Once upon a time. Um, and so um, that's just one of the things that she has done um, in her life. So would you put your hands together and welcome the lovely Tessie She's also looks like she's 12 years old. <laughs> but she's not. <laughs> So I, you know, he 
was born and um, actually his heart came out better than they expected, but then he kept collapsing. And, uh, and, and, and eventually they realized there was a secondary problem, which was his lungs, and he would need a, a lung and a heart transplant to survive. And, uh, and so at that point, he, he was palliative. And, and so then, at that point, yeah, I was um, caring for my, my son, uh, three-month-old son who was palliative, and my husband who was 31, who was also palliative in a <coughs> in North London, um, with an army of amazing people supporting me. And after um, my husband's Thanksgiving, my, my sister-in-law, her partner came up to me and said, you know, you, you've been through a lot. I, I paraphrase what he said, but it was something like, um, in two years, you have been married, you've been pregnant, you gave birth, you cared for your child and buried your child and you cared and buried your husband. All in two years, you've lived what's normally a lifetime in that space. Well, it was two years and one week, to be precise, to then I married for two years and one week. And he was his way of saying, like, it's going to take a bit of processing, you know. And it has the next two years, obviously, and there's still more to go, but these, the two years after that have been about processing and recovery and, uh, and making sure I recover well. And uh, um, I saw this quote on Pinterest. My husband used to call it Pinterest because you pinch people's ideas from them. Um, and, um, and so I'm pinching one. Um, and it said, um, the pain is real, but so is hope. And I thought, yeah, that is so true. Hope is so powerful. Um, yeah, so this morning I do want to talk about hope. And... Um, but I think in talking about that, we need to um, expose some of its enemies, which I think are uh, worry, um, fear and anxiety, and then um, this sense that like, we're not of any value, low self-esteem, um, that we're not loved, because that is a lie, and, uh, but it, it feeds worry and it destroys hope. Um, I don't know if you know the song, there's a song called the Sunscreen Song. It's not really a song, it's like a guy speaking over a track. It's not even a rap, it's just a spoken word. It begins, um, to, ladies and gentlemen of the class of 97, wear sunscreen. And I, I thought this was great because I'm Australian and if you have a complexion like this, it's not good. <laughs> you really feel the pain. But, um, yeah, so in, I'm going to read what he says in this song at one point. He says, don't worry about the future or worry, but know that worry is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindside you at 4pm on some idle Tuesday. And I don't know if you do this. I mean, 
and, and she's, oh, you know, I, I don't sleep, I don't eat, I, I, you know, and, and, and I, I can't, and I, and I could see she didn't sleep and she didn't eat, you know? And it was at that point I thought, wow, God's done something in me because I sleep. I sleep. That's amazing. And I, I told you already, I wasn't someone. I could stay awake for no reason <laughs> and, uh, and worry. And that peace, that transcendent understanding. And, you know, um, it, I, I, re- I remember, you know, I, I, was a re- I was really good at worrying. I remember when I was dating Tunday and, um, and I thought, everything's going so well. And then I thought, no, he, there, must, there must be something wrong. Like, he never complains. He never, um, never tells me there's things that are wrong, problems. He must be hiding something from me because no one has no issues, do they? Like, there must be stuff. And, um, and he could tell I was upset, and he was like, what's going on? And I was like, confronted him with, like, I think you're hiding things from me, blah, 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 blah. And he was, like, so shocked. He was quite surprised and sort of said, um, I do sh- share stuff with you that I don't share with other people, but don't, don't you know that I don't, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't you know, do drugs or any of the other things that some people do because I give it to God. I, I, I give it to Him. And at that moment, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I, I knew it was true. It, I thought, He actually does that. He actually knows how to give His trouble over to Jesus. He's learned how to do that because that's why I see this calm, relaxed, that guy was like fine all the time and I thought <laughs> I thought what's going on you know and, and there is a scripture that says cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you and so they knew that he was so loved he'd learned how to do that and I guess my journey has been start stepping more into that trust and knowing that care and love and that my worry has dissipated over time because worry is like negative hope, isn't it? It's like thinking the negative things over and over. And, but it's very deceitful um, because it, it kind of robs you of, of the moment. You know, that chewing, that chewing gum analogy is like solving, you know, an algebra equation by chewing bubble gum. It's kind of saying, oh, it's like, it's not really helpful. But I think it's worse than not helpful. I think it's harmful, actually. Because it's, you know, here's a moment that I have in the present, which is ripe for potentially joy and love and something funny to happen. And worry is going to come in and steal that. Something that may not even happen is going to come in and snatch that potential for love. And I... I remember, you know, I had two years with Sunday. We had the diagnosis like eight, nine months in. I would have been grieving from day that point on if if I had not been set free in, in a certain way from that worry. Um, and I got to live every day with him. And and it was fun. Like it was a bit crazy. <laughs> Um, and it was hard at times, but but we enjoyed doing it together. We enjoyed being together, and 
I used to think, I think, wow, actually it was my son and his diagnosis. Imagine if, if every time I went to pick him up, I thought, this could be the last time I hold him. That moment that was love, it would have been one of sorrow and grief. And I wouldn't have had any of that time with them. You know, and um, <laughs> so Jesus says, who of you by worrying can add one hour to your life? And I, I really felt that. And, and you know, um, I was thinking, yeah, but by, by not worrying, by choosing love, you can find eternity in just a minute. You know, that moment that is it's going to live forever um, and keep feeding you. And I guess, um, yeah, Jesus also says each day has enough trouble of its own. And that's what I found because, you know, caring for both of them, there was so much popping up every day, every day. But the reason I didn't need to worry was because God provided the strength for that moment, for that day, for that need. And in the moment it was okay. It was it was manageable. And that's that to me was an incredible discovery. <laughs> um, because I think that the battle can appear to be like the cancer, like you think, and there is something going on there. But then there's also the one that's going on over my heart and over my mind. And so how how do we not worry then? Like what are my allies in, in this battle over my heart and my mind to stay present, you know? And um, it, it was love, really. Um, you know, and I think about Tine and his unshakable peace, and it was because he knew he was loved by his heavenly father. And that, that routine kind of gives a freedom. If, if we feel we aren't loved, then we're, we're, we don't feel safe. And of course we have to worry because it's down to us. But you know, there's this verse like, that says, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ, Jesus. And if you know that, um, and you know your value to him, then you have a, have a freedom to not, to not worry. And so there's this... So I think we need to know that we are the apple of his eye. We are the apple of God's eye. You know, I had this great aunt, um, and actually, you know, I was remembering today, she lost her father and brother in the war. And she had two phrases that, that um, she would say over and over, and she would say them at least three times every time I saw her, like at least. And it, it wasn't from dementia, it was because she wanted me to know this was the truth, and us to know, and everyone, not just my mom, not, you know, just, you know. And she would, and one of them was, you are so special. And she'd look in your eyes, and she'd hold your face, and she'd say, you are so special. And you knew it. You knew that you were. And it was, it was so beautiful. The other phrase she used to say was, "We must not worry, because God takes care of us, and He works through our friends." And 
You know, I, obviously I was carried through this journey through amazing friends and family. But um, there's one particular story I, I think illustrates this really well. Um, I was, I was um, getting ready for my 20-week scan and my, um, it was, obviously we've been looking forward to this and um, I said to Tim, okay, time to put your shoes on and at this stage he, he, he could and he, I suddenly realised he could have done. Um, he, he was saying that he had a headache and then he was saying things that didn't really make sense. He was confusing where we were going and then he started to project our vomit. And I knew, oh, this isn't good. So I called the ambulance. And, you know, as they're trying to figure out how to get him out of the house, because he can't really move, I dash into the bedroom to grab his medication to take with us. And, and under my breath, I just said, Jesus, where are you? And, and then I took it back, you know, because I was like, not from a guilt perception, not because I genuinely felt... No, it's okay. Like, I know you're with me. It's okay, kind of thing. But anyway, we, we arrive at the hospital. And uh, I tell you what, I spent so much time in hospitals, like months, months, caring for my husband and my, and my son at times for long stays. The reception people knew me, like, you know. Um, and, but you know what? That was the only day, the only day. I saw two people within 10 minutes of me being in the A&E. This housemate, of, a friend of my housemate, who's a Christian, walks in and texts, what's going on? But what's this? I knew your husband was, a few minutes later, she's the A&E nurse that's assigned to him. A few minutes later, the um, para, a paramedic friend, Ruth, walks in, bringing another patient, walks into my bag. Tess, what are you doing here? And, and I was like, Jesus was just saying, don't you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm in the people, I'm in these people loving you. And, you know, he put them right there, I didn't see them a single other time in my whole journey, just that day, where I said, where are you, under my breath, and then quickly took it back, but he said, I know, and I'm letting you know I'm here. Um, I think, you know, I guess, yeah, some of us need to, to know that. If we don't know that love, it's, it's very, very hard. And I remember one game-changing moment in my life was actually, I was um, in Walthamstow and I, I decided I was gonna sort out, I had this like, box of bits and pieces that people had sent me. And so I thought, I'm gonna sort all my letters and cards out, I've been living here for about six years, into, you know, just organize it. So I started, Okay, that's from mum, that's from dad, my brother, setting it all out, this way that friend. And a certain moment, I've just been caught up in the activity of sorting things out. I stepped back, um, and the room was covered, the whole floor was covered with these little piles, including the couch, including the armrest of the couch. And, and at that moment, I was just like overwhelmed with love. Like, these people love me so much. And, and I was broken because I realised this, this is such a privilege. At that moment I was working with young people that didn't have anyone in their life saying that to them. I thought if they had just one person, look at this multitude, 
I've got pouring into me. If I just had one person pouring into them, it would be a different story for them. They wouldn't be angry. They wouldn't be fearful in the same way. And at that moment, I decided my life is, I'm not going to have a career. <laughs> I'm going to have a carrier. And I'm going to make it about redistributing love. Because this is not fair. This is disproportionate. I've been soaked in this. And some people just haven't been. And that wasn't God's plan. He put us in family. He put us in community because he wants us to love in a real way. And, you know, Mother Teresa says, the hunger for love is harder to remove than the hunger for bread. And it's tough. So we have to be serious about it. And, um, and you know, I met, I met this one girl, and um, when I was in the midst of, of, of everything, so uh, Tim they had had his terminal diagnosis at uh, the antenatal one, and this girl said to me um, that her parents didn't love her. And I thought, because, you know, we can exaggerate teenagers particularly, you know, well, maybe, maybe she's right, but maybe. Let me just prod a little bit further. Like, and so I just said, oh, why? What is there a reason you say that? Like, and she said, my mum moved house without telling me. I came back to the house and there was another family living there. And at that moment I knew I with you know everything that was going on in my life, I was okay. Because I knew which way was up. I was orientated by love. But this girl, she didn't know which way was up at that time because she hadn't had that foundation and I really believe God can give that to you. I wouldn't be speaking here otherwise. Um, and I, I guess I feel like some people, you know, would have carried hurt like, and disappointment like this girl, this hurt and disappointment. And you need to know that God did not intend that for your life. That thing that hurt you was not his intention. And, you know, Jesus told us, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's because heaven is heaven. It's, his will is getting done there. That's where it's good. But it's not always getting done here. If it was getting done here, we wouldn't need to say that. Okay? So sometimes those things that you need to know that wasn't his intention. And actually more than that, he is just as grieved just as sorrowful, just as outraged as you. And he is 100% committed to putting every last detail, the tiniest detail, right. That's why Jesus lived and died and rose again, because he's committed to every last detail being perfectly aligned one day. And um, I, I feel like God is saying that... Um, that he says, I, you know, I see it. I see your pain. I, I, I see it because I think some people you carry pain, and it's never been acknowledged. Like it's never actually been acknowledged that 
And actually the fact that it's been ignored has amplified the pain. And um, <laughs> there's this lovely man in my street. Um, he's, he's in his 50s and he has special needs. And you know, he is the only person who has said to me, I miss him. I'm walking along the street and he would be behind the fence and he would call out from the other side of the road, I miss him. And you know what? The first time that happened, it blessed me so much because that's the cry of my heart too. But not many people will say it. And I know that was, that's what God is like today. He said, I see it and I feel it. And a bit like, if you can, if you can, trust me with it, give it to me, that pain. Like Tinde had loads to giving, giving over his worries. You know, I, I'll take it. Because I didn't mean it for you in the first place, so I'll take it. And then I feel like he said, and how about something new? How about something new? Because this is very key. I found it recently. Like, okay, so when I was thinking, how am I going to in introduce myself? It took me back to this point because there was this point where obviously I thought, okay, my life is going to look like this. Like, this is the picture of my life. My life is going to line up like this. But then, it was gone. What does my life look like now? I didn't even know what to imagine. I didn't know what to hope for. I didn't know what I wanted. The one thing I wanted, I couldn't have. What now? And that was a, a decent period, okay? And, um, but this is verse that says, um, See, I will do a new thing. Do you not yet perceive it? And it really spoke to me because it's like, it's okay that you don't perceive it yet. Like, you can't see it yet. Some people today won't be able to see it yet. Won't, will not be able to see it. That new thing, that hope. But you will. Do you not yet see? Okay, not yet. But just one step in front of the other. And now I am in a place where I can say I'm excited again. I just thought my life, from that moment, I really thought my life was just going to be like dull, like it was going to be okay, like I've survived, and that's pretty good with what I've been through, like that's quite good just to survive. But I just thought it was going to just be like that, it was just going to be dull, everything was just going to be dull. But that's not the best that God wants to meet, and that joy, that new thing, I wouldn't be speaking if I couldn't say that I know that for myself. And I, I guess that's what I want to finish with, that um, the thing that's got me to that point is actually a lot of, a greater understanding of his love for me. And so you might need that today, going forward, whatever you're facing, that's... Uh, whatever pops up, just to know the love. And, I, yeah, if, if, if someone 
if you can let someone love you by praying for you, you know, um, and knowing God's heart for you, and to know his hope, the hope that he has for your life, why he made it. And, um, yeah, because actually the, the pain is real, but so is love and so is the hope. Um, yeah, so I'll just, I'll just leave you with that, I think. <laughs> the Yeah. 